Welcome to the Go Digital Jason Low Show, where I interview business owners and founders alike on their strategies in digital transformation and how they scale their businesses to the next level. If you are looking to grow digitally, then this is the podcast for you. Stay tuned for today's special guest as this podcast starts in 3, 2, 1. Craftivity is a homegrown retail and online store for crafters, makers, and dreamers. They provide DIY personal care and therapeutic craft materials, tools, ingredients, and even workshops to make all types of DIY personal care range, such as soaps, candles, and other aromatherapy products. So with me today is the founder of Craftivity, Wei Yin. Uh, and we are going to talk about how she has been taking her business online, how, what kind of digital initiatives that she's been going through. Because you know, when I did like some research on Awain, there's so many like websites, digital presence all over, which I feel makes a lot of customers you know, easily. They can find you, they know what you're doing. But uh, was this your first business? How did it lead to uh, you creating you know, a business that focuses on craft making per se? That's always a question that people always ask because this business is so niche mm, mm, and it's also a new way of getting people to make their own personal care products, soaps, candles, lip balms, lotions. It is not our first business. We started off as an events company 10 years ago, Caesar Paper Stone. We're still running right now that events. Started it with my husband back then, partner. Boyfriend, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but uh, my first, very first stint into e-commerce is a brand called Trinks. Back then, I made my own handmade jewelry, and that started out as a hobby, which ended up uh, being a small business block site. Last time, you didn't have, uh, there was no e-commerce. So I did oh, it all how, how on many, the, many years ago was Oh this, my uh? goodness That was 15 years ago I think 15 to 18 years ago So oh, wow. I learned how to do coding Learned how to do photoshops mm. And just making one-off jewelry items Yeah So that's how we started And then you started to already At that time you already attempted to post all of these things online Is it? That's yes all the coding comes from Coding came in Plugins were really really bare minimum at that time Yeah I, I believe so Yeah 18 years ago it's Early 2000s lah Yes Correct, correct Very much When I was really young I'm not going to tell you my age But <laughs> really young <laughs> But how, how at that Even at that period of time When so many businesses Are not even going online yet How did you realise That the potential To get discovered Is digital all the way Because at that time I think it was near uh, What they call it There was a dot com bubble burst A lot of people Are not trusting the web And whatnot. So how, how did it lead To that kind of Initial discovery as with a lot of initial discoveries, it always starts with the US. I noticed the US, were, they were already entering into a new e-commerce phase. Block sites were already selling items. So I uh, replicated that over here. And it was a very interesting time because a lot of customers, they didn't buy online. Mm, yeah. Yes. Like so how, how do you even go through the process of ordering, right? Like so there'll be a phone number the most you put is a phone number to call I correct think. yes and the, then you have to bank in yeah <laughs> you have to bank in upload, upload receipt bank in sleep to each email <laughs> and you have to check and track back and uh, send the items through post laju mm -hmm. or post malaysia and they get the items and it was a very very basic e-commerce at that time and it taught me a lot yeah so a lot of people don't realize that 
even as early as the early 2000s, you know, this kind of, of activities have been going on. I mean, even Alibaba, you know, when we were in Alibaba, the, the mm-hmm. netpreneur training together, mm-hmm. we, we realized that Jack Ma actually started in the 90s, all yeah. the way back then. But like, yeah, Malaysia is only really seeing the full growth only throughout the past five to eight five years, years, probably. Yeah, say, yeah, yeah, five yeah. to eight years. And even then, looking at our experience in Alibaba, we have so much, uh, the journey is still so long. And mm. Speaking to a lot of uh, industry experts, in Malaysia, e-commerce is still at its infancy stage. Yeah, correct. We have a lot more growth to go. Yeah, a lot of maturity in terms of uh, the customers, actually. Sometimes it's not really about the tech, it's about customer behavior, how accepting they are to buy anything under the sun in e-commerce these days. So especially even if something like craftivity. So uh, when you guys, okay, when you just, uh, sorry, how long, how many years have craftivity been in operations? We are five years old. Uh, already five years old yes. too. Wow. <laughs> five years old already. So. so so is it safe to say that when you started this from the get-go, you immediately try and push everything online? That was the direction straight away from the get-go? That was actually the direction. We did not... A lot of people ask, do you start the website first or do you start the uh, business, the retail brick and mortar first? We just went all angles. So that that is how I feel businesses need to go through this time. There is no no more option to not be digital. You need to digitize your business and you need to go at it uh, in sync together. When you initially started, did you again code the things yourself? (laughs) You already managed to find someone to help you out at the time. By then, I was already beyond coding. Coding, (laughs) no, actually the other way around, coding was already beyond me. It's it's already matured into a, a, a time that I didn't know what was happening already <laughs> and then there were so many other options and so many other platforms that we could work on so we definitely had to get a partner in to help us build our website and even then it's already our second version of the website so we've switched platforms right 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 mm. uh, I mean, looking back if you're talking about you attempted to hard code something in the early 2000s and compared to now where a lot of things have like plugins la, supposedly automation yes. la. but to us it's um, and not need to you, you know, it's, it's very similar to the rest of the clients that I consult. It's not that they don't know which one to go, it's because they are so overwhelmed by choices. Suddenly the boom, every single startup or tech, tech company out there is creating a solution for this and then one solution have 10 companies pitching to you. So this has always been a, a challenge for yes. business owners or SMEs, they, mm-hmm. they don't know who to choose. And Correct. if they see the top ranking search one, and again, it's an ad, you don't know, you click, you don't know are they the best, they might not be the best, but because right. of an ad, you click, then you went ahead, and I realized the thing doesn't work. Correct. So were there, how, how did, how, at that time, how do you choose like which kind of partners do you work with to actually build it? Is it more to, uh, as the beginning, most of the people are price sensitive. The first thing they will tell me is, price must cheap, price must cheap, price must cheap. And I'm like, wow, you cheap, you should get cheap quality and then your website might crash everything. It but is true. <laughs> so that's From what you went through. From personal experience, it is absolutely true. Maybe you can tell the audience a bit more what you went through at that time. See, as a startup SME, you don't have deep pockets like correct, the big correct. Of boys course. do. So everything hey, is some, about... Sometimes big boys also tell you they don't have deep pockets That is true anymore. too. They always tell you that actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but as a startup, every dollar and cent counts. Yep. So... Back then, um, aside from getting a website designer to design, right, right. it was bare minimum. Even our server also, we were told that we needed a dedicated server. Mm, a and PC like in that. your 
office somewhere. Oh, that our kind, own. Right? So uh. and imagine as a startup, you go okay, sure, no problem, <laughs> and you trust these people because you think that. Oh, that's the only way, right? That's the only where. option, yeah, and you didn't know any better. Further down the line, two years, we realized, hey, we actually bought a bungalow, a whole bungalow of a server, but we're only <laughs> using one room, <laughs> and <laughs> it it doesn't justify the cost of having right, a right. server. But you trust all these people because you don't know any better. Yeah, correct. So, and I also didn't know how to launch into um, the digital space. Mm. And we didn't have the funds to do big advertisements and big blasting, so I went and did a Google certified AdWords course. Sendiri go, thank you. Sendiri go, Sendiri learn. I really like how hands on are you, man? Very, very hands on. Unfortunately, the, the problem with SMEs now is um, a lot of a lot of business startups they want to be in the business, but you need to be above and on the business. Correct, you need correct. to really look at the big picture and let the experts do what they need to do. But when you start up, you don't have the funds to do that. Mm. So, so you learn, uh, learn along the way. And we are still learning. We are still changing our servers. We are still, we are still uh, fine-tuning our website. It's a never-ending yep, yep. process. Definitely, definitely. So it's very interesting. And every time you think that you're on top of the game, the game changes. E-commerce changes all the time. So we just have to be at it all the time. Hey, everything that you've just like mentioned in this podcast, I think it's amazing that you're really bringing it out. Like as a business owner, you have to be hands-on, you have to understand change is inevitable. Mm-hmm. You know what? The only constant is change, right? It applies Correct. to everything, man, even technology. But the amount of business owners that I deal with from the past, they don't believe it. And somehow they think, hey, I already pay, I don't know, 10K, 20K for this technology. Oh, yeah, then... Three months later, upgrade ah. I don't want to pay anymore. Oh. Ah, don't pay lah. Then everything start breaking. The not update everything. Then <laughs> they will hunt you down. They mm. hunt the service providers down. Hey, mm. wait, 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 wait. They will say, I already told you my quote, quote, quote. All this you don't listen. It's changed. I, I, a lot of people misconceptions, right? So I talked about all these myths during my mm. first episode in BFM. I said that uh, misconception is they think technology is cheap just because all startups. You know, if you click an ad. What money package? Oh, free trial three month. Then the subsequent month hundred ringgit each month. Then they the procurement or the some tech team will think, yeah, it's supposed to be that cheap. Then when you get them on, want to customize everything, then only you know the cost. Jason, nothing comes cheap. Yeah, or free. <laughs> so, so if you uh, pay for that kind of money, you need to know or understand or expect. Yeah, that there what, is what going is to be about? another lump sum that you would need to upgrade <laughs> somehow. <laughs> And uh, it's a never-ending process. Yeah, correct, Even if correct. you buy the biggest, the best package, oh, technology will change. Like, correct, it correct. will move on. Correct. Yeah. They will always have other different things to tell you, move on. And and this is uh, something that I've been repeating through all my episodes mm. to owners or whoever is listening out there right now, that you understand that technology is changing even faster than everything else. Correct. So that will be the only thing you have to predict that will keep happening in like every quarter, maybe mm-hmm. every half year or every quarter is something that companies have to prepare on, you know. So when Craftivity first went online, how, how did you like tackle it? Because you guys are selling, at the time were you guys focusing on products? Because right now I know you have products, you have workshops, you have like other kinds of services. But at that time, was it mainly trying to sell like craft and therapeutic related products? Yes, it was. At that time, we were product-oriented. Mm-hmm. Our SKUs on our website are, were reaching 5,000 mm. SKUs. Oh, 5,000 SKUs. Oh, 5, that's a lot. 5,000 SKUs. Yeah, that's really yeah. a lot. It was mainly, if you've seen our outlet in Pataling Jaya, we're mm-hmm. on the first floor in a business block. Mm. So nobody would expect a retail outlet to be there and everybody would think, when's your next outlet or where are you going to go after this? Is, where is, are you going to open up? This is it. 
this, this is, is one <laughs> I would foresee maybe maybe another flagship or a hub but that this is it right. because our strategy is to go digital mm-hmm. my aim is to reach out to people not within Klang Valley but all over Malaysia people that want to make their own personal care products they can buy from us and they can make it wherever they are we've got people in Felda Felkra they're buying from us because they're in a place so isolated they cannot find yeah, anything true, to, true. to to do and this is this is something that we are very passionate about to reach out to people through our website and to flip the sales from 70 in store to 70 online yeah that's a lot of uh the direction that most retailers this day they're trying to move forward and that's how we saw when during our trip in Alibaba also ma, all the villages mm-hmm. villages just reach out for online but of course a lot of people don't realize these days that when when you do that kind of strategy you also need your awareness which is why you can utilize all kinds of social media for mm-hmm. content creation I, I bet you guys are very active into pushing content mm-hmm. was it something that you guys realized was super important from the get-go for your industry I think there's no option for any business out there not to have social media. <laughs> you don't know the amount of clients I have. They don't have Facebook page somewhere, you know? No. <laughs> yeah, I can name you five. Oh. Just last month, they tell me that oh. they, they have super inactive Facebook pages. You can't even find them on Google. Like. <laughs> Wherever the five you are out there, please get onto social media. We're on every single so- social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, even TikTok, which is the next oh, you're, you're thing trying coming now? out yes oh. so just jump into it because it's a content that once you create it's on the web forever and if since you're creating already content for Facebook you might as well replicate it for all the other channels interesting I, I would like to talk more about the TikTok strategy right there because a lot of people have been asking about TikTok but they have never seen someone actually doing it except maybe like McDonald's and whatnot. Mm. so I would like to talk to you about that right after the break so right now we are having a short break a while coming right back we'll talk to Wayne more about what's going on in the future of creativity and especially that TikTok strategy which I'm quite dying to find out. Great. All right, guys, coming right back after the break. Always bored at home and are looking to have some extra creativity in your life? So do visit craftivity.com to get your latest supplies. They provide all kinds of DIY personal care and therapeutic craft materials and lately, one of their more popular products, soap, shampoo and sanitizer bases, where it comes completely unscented so you can mix and match your own essential oils into the base. With personal care being more important these days, do check out craftivity.com today. That is C-R-A-F-T-I-V-I-T-I.com today, where they empower you to create your own personal care. Welcome back guys, you have been tuning into the Go Digital with Jason Lowe show where I have today Wei-Yin, the founder of Craftivity.com where she has been uh, in the industry of crafts and therapeutic materials over the past five years and she has been telling me about all kinds of strategies that she has been doing to bring the brand very online, very digital. So uh, earlier on in the episode, you actually talked about using platforms like TikTok. You know, mm-hmm. TikTok is the latest craze mm-hmm. because young people are there dancing, uh, music, uh, whatever. Would you like to tell me about uh, your, your strategy in implementing in that platform? It's a new platform, yes. so we don't know where it's going to go. There are not many brands on it. We just wanted to have fun. 
I think that's <laughs> the essential thing about a business. You gotta have fun. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So <laughs> if not, yeah, you go crazy actually sometimes. <laughs> um, uh, we're we're already creating content for IGTV, for our Facebook, for our YouTube channel. So the natural thing to do is to go on to the next big thing. Correct, TikTok. correct. Because that's where uh, I mean, like people like Gary Vaynerchuk, they will say that you go where the attention is. You know, correct. A lot of people they. It's actually such a straightforward advice. You know, the attention is there. You go lah. You still don't go how you want to do marketing. Correct, correct. <laughs> Although there is argument that TikTok users are very young. Yeah. May yep. not be our target market, but every young person grows up. So if we are going to do a branding awareness, we correct. got to focus on all kinds of channels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you never know. One day, this person that wasn't in your radar under your target market radar. They will come to you. Yeah, they'll remember you because they've seen you. Why are you doing funny Correct. soap videos or something? <laughs> Correct. Yes, and we we create so many uh, soap making videos. We create so many lip balm videos, shampoo oh, videos, balm videos, everything. We create perfume videos. So why not just throw it onto every channel out there and see where it takes us? Amazing, man. How's the response? Do you not rather than how is the response? I would like to know more on. Uh, are each platform having different responses? Do you notice that? Do you see that? Very much so. So if you work on your different platforms, different platforms apply different strategies. They also respond to different messages. For Facebook, they are more into uh, factual mm. or information. They they respond to that very well. Instagram definitely it's about beautiful pictures, lifestyle posts. Mm, mm, mm. YouTube it's all about. Uh, uh, sharing knowledge yep, Giving yep. more value To customers Or giving more value To the viewers And TikTok Is just about Having fun <laughs> So do you Literally produce Different angles Of content Towards all these Platforms Definitely You do that Or you take One long video And you dice it up To suit to The different suit all these Voices kind. Yeah, yes. yeah. Th- That's a, the strategy That a lot of like Content gurus Out there Or even Gary V mm-hmm. You know He did his Content pyramid Guide. If you guys well, I want to check out the Gary V Content Pyramid Guide, it's freely available. But he literally talks about this: that yes. content creation has to be a platform attempt. You you try your best to make it platform specific as possible. Mm-hmm. But the fastest way to do it is always plan a, a long form kind of thing. And from that long form, you dice it lah. You know, yep. dice it, dice yep. it. Ah, poo everywhere. And counting already ma. Yes. A lot of people always like to overcomplicate this or mm. they very ad hoc all this one round I mean most like even MNCs or even the corporate SMEs that I deal with they they talk like that and they want something so ad hoc la, like that la, but, they, but it never gels to the next big thing mm. so like Gary Vee likes to talk about you have one big thing that maybe you can splice it to a whole quarter if you if you can do it then everything will gel then the whole branding story comes out much stronger Correct There's yeah. a synergy To all the messages And all the platforms Say the same thing yep, yep, yep. But in a different tune mm, Correct Correct So uh, when you When you try to implement All this you know, That's the very Now thing right now So looking towards The future uh, So I, I forgot to introduce actually So I met Wei Yin earlier on In Alibaba uh, The Netpreneur Camp That we went together Last so year fun. in April hey, Almost one year already Yeah Almost, almost one, one year, year. Much yes. eh, Almost like, one year yes, And Wei Yin was One of the First person I talked to and got acquainted to among all of us strangers there. Like I the think time. we were in the hotel lobby, I remember. W- I was think. it? Yeah. Either one, yeah. yeah she one was literally, oh, I think airport, literally from the airport. Oh my God, China yes. airport, I think. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I met Wayne there. So Wayne uh, went with me and the rest of us there. We saw the future. 
I would really say the future because Malaysia is not there yet. It so is. we literally saw the future. So uh, did, were you able to like take away certain things you saw that could benefit your industry per se? What do you call your industry anyway? Is it like craft industry? Do you call it that way? I would call it a creative industry. Creative industry, right? right. Mm. So what was your like takeaway in terms of how they push their things that you feel can be associated back towards what Malaysia is lacking right now for your industry in particular? Hmm... Alibaba really opened my eyes going into China. My one take home, which is very close to my heart, is the little village with the peanuts, mm. the nuts village. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And That's with the Fort Mustang in front. <laughs> yeah, I like to tell people that the, story. <laughs> this, is, this is a typical village where the young people left to work in big towns because there was nothing left for them in their small village. Mm. And the, all villages, they call it the ghost village or ghost yep, yep. town. And because of e commerce, they're bringing life back. Alibaba has managed to bring life back into all these ghost towns and young people are not leaving to go work somewhere really far away. That, that made me realise, hey, if I could get my products out to all these other places where people can actually make their own soaps, candles, they can sell it, they can create their own little house, home-based business or even start an SME business, that to me is an amazing uh, effort mm. like how they reach out to people from like uh, earlier on you mentioned about you know people in like the Felda places other villages Correct. in Malaysia you know they, they can't have access to soap bases <laughs> sanitizer mm-hmm. bases mm-hmm. all these kind of things no don't say those rural areas like, I mean I come from Malacca and I'm, I'm, I'm Sabahan and earlier on I spent 10 years in Labuan hey I go to these kind of states the cities I also don't know where to find Mm. Period Like where where do I go Only K- when I come to KL I suddenly only see Arts and craft materials Like oh Rupania I can go to All these places To pick this up And then Our only choice Is definitely only e-commerce Because you go to Your nearby neighbourhood Or even city Don't, don't have one That's why right. all these all these places Like earlier on We said They're not even on Facebook yes. Not on Facebook Not on Google <laughs> I can't even search them Don't say the people I met lah. The people that I want to find When I was still In the other states Also cannot find So mm. that's how how not digital they are. The awareness is also not there. Don't talk about whatever website you're trying to do, right? Correct. So moving forward, what are, so what are the uh, next initiatives that you're trying to put into your company moving forward? Like, um, I know a few of the people that I interviewed, they are really pushy. They're trying to make sense of data, predictive analytics. But again, not everyone can do that yet or is ready to do that. Mm-hmm. But for you personally, with your websites all done, what, what, moving forward, what are you trying to initiate and do? Well, website done is one thing. Website optimized is another thing Mm -hmm. completely. So that would be what we're working on. At the same time, we have a brick and mortar. And being a brick and mortar, everybody says retail is dead. Retail is not dead. Retail just needs to evolve. (laughs) So we are focusing on evolving our retail to make it more of a, less of a supermarket where you come pick and go, but more of an experience where you come, experience, touch, feel, make on the spot and go. So that is the, um, the transition for retail to be in the future. In terms of website, how, the big question is how do you create a more engaging web experience or e-commerce mm-hmm. experience? Yep. Everybody is going to start buying online. How can you be different? So that is another thing we're working on. Have you a, uh, so how did you actually 
<laughs> because I, I mean not only you are trying to move that direction I mean most people I met are telling me they are trying to move into that direction but they usually don't you see so the issues with software pro, or not software web providers when you you throw them this question uh, they usually no answer for you and mm-hmm. they give you see, a lot of templates maybe mm-hmm. or they say Correct. oh yeah you see this one like that but those really innovative ones like the really innovative features that's supposed to be in the website to make it like like you say engaging personal has to come from the owner's ideas Correct. and there are so many owners are totally not involved in this process one. they like to throw I mean my other, other companies again that I deal with they just throw someone to deal with it but they're not the owner so the end product always larian it, it comes out differently mm-hmm. and the owner what, what the boss that truly wants to be a boss will only do is they see the final version then they talk a lot about hey why know this know that know this know that so I feel that the truly successful like uh, web engage uh, this kind of next level web experience things have to really come from the owner the owner has to hands on they have to want or someone in the company that cares enough and knows enough about what, what do you need because if you just throw to an agency to figure it out most of the time, I've never seen one agency that really came because they're not in your business. Correct. When they're not in your business, they can't... Okay, I'm, I'm not blaming agencies, but they can't consult too far on what all these experiences are. Mm-hmm. So in your sense, when you say you want to make like uh, your web portal more engaging, do you figure it out through like very straightforward process? Like you, you see what your customers in your brick and mortar want, you see how they respond, then you try to digitize that kind of experience online or in your... In your sense, how do you try and craft this idea out? It's being very involved in the business mm-hmm. uh, that really helps, and knowing exactly what your customer wants, exactly yep, yep. what you said. KYC. At the at same time, yeah. At the same time, you have to work very, very closely with your partners. Mm, correct, correct. And you need to keep on communicating with them what you want your digital roadmap. Yes. Are you on the right road or not? And you have to share with them your vision for your digital roadmap so that they get involved in it and they own it as well. Our biggest problem right now is that the infrastructure for websites uh, or e-commerce in Malaysia is, it's, it's not there yet. So the integration part is the biggest problem for a lot of SMEs, even Mm -hmm. for our company. How do you integrate payment gateways with um, plugins, with servers, with APIs, with Everything else with logistics, there is no one solution to it. So you have to work with a lot of different partners, a lot of different services. And for a business owner, that could be really overwhelming. Yes, true, Especially true. when you don't know what you don't know. Yep, yep. That's why the, the trust with partners, the, the selection of partners that you choose in the end of the day is what will actually pave your digital roadmap. Correct. And you're the first person in, like, I think, my series so far that really talks about it. You know, you know what you want, you plan it out this quarter, next quarter, end of the year, what's going to happen digitally, then mm-hmm. only it will work. A lot of management people or businesses out there, I'm telling you all right now, you got to have that. You got to have your end goal vision and mm-hmm. you got to have all the things in between to reach the end goal. And then only you find a partner that can fit everything in between. Correct. So sometimes it's as straightforward as this. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, te- I'm sharing with you guys right now. You pl- anyone that listens on to do it, please take note. That's a very, very basic idea of a digital roadmap. Hey, a lot of people, you tell them digital roadmap, they think it's some next level thing, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's not really... No, it's today it's, and it's tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, it correct, correct. Every <laughs> step you take is towards your digital roadmap, Marie. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. So, yep, uh, we've come to the end of the show, Ian, actually. I would really love to talk to, to you more. There are so many exciting things I think we can yeah. further pry. It's but I fun. feel that this episode has been great. You shared like 
uh, marketing awareness, how do you start, the digital roadmap point, I think is a lot, is something a lot of business owners, or at least you as a manager or you as a director of a company, you should know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this has, I think this has been a great episode. Thank you very much for coming onto the show, Ian. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Always good to chat with you. Right. So this has been the Go Digital Jason Lowe show with me, with me today is Ian from craftivity.com. I wish you all the best in your digital roadmap for 2020 Thank and you. hope you achieve all of it. Thank all right, you. guys, see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. Production by Rainworks Studio with my friend Chintat. Music by Ofnil Naga and yours truly. Enjoyed this episode? Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform for more. This was Go Digital with Jason Lowe.